When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a crazy satanic ritual malicious compliance story. We'll get to that in a bit, but first... Landlord texts at 11 p.m. on the 4th of July asking for rent. I used to live in a house owned and managed by a landlord. The lease had a policy that said rent is due within four days of the first of the month. Both the landlord and the property were in the same city, so we would typically just mail the check the week before, and that gave it plenty of time. So month 10 of our 12-month lease comes around, and after enjoying the festivities of the 4th of July, which was a Monday this year, I get a text from the landlord at 11.20pm saying, Hey tenants, just wanted to let you know that I haven't received your rent in the 4 day grace period that it is due. From the 1st of every month to 12am on the 4th, please give me a call ASAP to arrange payment. Thank you. 12am on the 4th, being almost 23 hours ago notwithstanding, I'm thinking, this is the most American thing to happen on Independence Day. I see this text around 11.40pm. So I immediately call, offering my sincere apologies that we couldn't get mail delivered on a national holiday, and if he would kindly provide his bank routing number, I could wire him the rent money electronically. The landlord then made some excuse like, I'll give you one extra grace period day just this once. But if he was going to interrupt my holiday, then I was sure going to interrupt his. And guess what was sitting in his mailbox the morning of the 5th? All I'm saying is is if you're a landlord and your new tenant paid for 10 months on time, maybe give them a little leeway when it's the 4th of July. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our next story is, you said to surprise you. This one is short and sweet. My wife and I got married on Saturday after 5 years together, two of those engaged. We kept the wedding as tiny as possible. 35 people with the photographer and catering staff included, and eschewed lots of American wedding traditions, but I digress. The malicious compliance here comes the day after the wedding. We ended up with a lot of leftovers, including many desserts. Amongst them pumpkin pie, apple turnovers, fruit tarts, cheesecake bites, brownies, and chocolate mouse bites. Wife asks me if I want any dessert, me with my giant sweet tooth cannot resist and said yes. The wife says, okay, what do you want? We've got cheesecake bites, brownies, chocolate mousse. I say, I don't care. Surprise me. She says, okay, but what are you craving? I say, wife, it's dessert. I don't care. Surprise me. She says, okay. Two minutes later, wife returns to the living room from the kitchen with five containers. My jaw drops wondering what's going on. Wife responds with a giddy smile. You said to surprise you. So I did. I brought all our desserts. I think I married a good one, folks. Now, I know for a fact I would be going for the brownies, but pumpkin pie, cheesecake bites, fruit tarts? I mean, there's some good choices there. This next story is items needed for my satanic ritual. Some context. My mom left my dad when I was two because he was an abusive alcoholic. A year later, she met a woman at work who was also a single mother 
and they became involved in a romantic relationship. Soon we all moved in together, fast forward about 13 years. When I was about 16, I was going through the typical angsty teen phase. I was into bands like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails, wore all black, was fascinated with serial killers, which oddly enough has become mainstream these days. I'd spent a lot of time in my room, etc., but was generally a good kid. I never got in trouble at school save for the occasional letter home about me talking too much in class. I didn't smoke, didn't do drugs, wasn't in a gang, all of which were common where I grew up. Around this time, my mother's partner's daughter was married with children, and we were all living in the same house. Before I continue, I want to make it clear that I have zero problem with my mom being in a relationship with a woman. I'm happy she found someone that makes her happy, but at the time, I felt like it was us versus them. They liked to tease my mom a lot because she was really short and overweight, and I didn't like that. I also felt a bit of coldness coming from them, like anything I asked of them was a huge inconvenience. Furthermore, they were very superstitious and took my interest in dark material pretty seriously, and sometimes I could overhear them talking about me. As an only child, I tended to keep to myself and wrote a lot in my journal. In one of my entries, I just went off about how I felt about our living situation. It was pretty rough but I would have never said any of it to them directly. Really, it was just me venting to myself. In retrospect, I think a lot of my feelings were just me trying to navigate not having a dad. One day when I came home from school, my mom asked to talk to me in her room. She had my journal in her hand and opened it to the entry where I was talking crap about everyone. Apparently, her partner had gone into my room, looked for my journal, and began to read it. Obviously, they were pretty mad, but I explained that I was just venting, and why was she going through my things in the first place? Her response was, well, you left it on your desk. Don't leave it out if you don't want anyone to read it. Alright then, maybe I will leave it out because I do want you to read it. As I mentioned earlier, I was your typical 90s goth kid, the kind you look back on and cringe at, but they saw it as a sign of me being seriously into some legitimate occult, dark, witchcraft crap. I made the list as ridiculous as possible so that it would be much sweeter if they took it seriously. It had stuff like chicken's feet. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The fat of unbaptized babies, a black cloak, a sword, and finally, a lock of each of their hair. Then I left it open on my desk for someone to find. Sure enough, a day later my mom calls me into her room after getting back from school, journal in hand, and asks me, what is this? I started laughing hysterically. I explained that I wanted to know if they were still reading my journal, and obviously my plan worked because here we are. 
I asked, Do you really think this is real? Unbaptized baby fat? Really? They were not as amused as I was. This pretty much ruined our relationship for many years to come. But as they say, time heals all and now we're all on good terms. But sometimes I think about that time I convinced my entire family that I was going to put a satanic curse on them. I just really, really hope they look back at this situation and realize how unbelievably gullible they were. The fact that they read this and were worried enough to convince themselves that OP is trying to brew some evil curse potion like OP was one bad day away from purchasing a cauldron from a supply store and just realize how ridiculous they were being. This next story is, gave a customer care agent an honest rating. He emailed me to request I give him a fair rating. I complied. I've been waiting for a return parcel to be collected going on three days. In South Africa, we don't leave anything outside, as it will be stolen. You have to be present to collect or give a parcel. I logged the return on a Saturday and received a message that they'll collect it before 5pm on the Monday. I had a doctor's appointment, so I requested the driver to come later. He gave me such attitude and never pitched. I received the same message for Tuesday, only no driver at all. I received a message that they tried to collect for me, but it failed. Oh man, they didn't even come. Now it's a second day gone where I've had to wait around for a driver to not pitch. It's now day three and I'm livid. The message about the fake attempt sent me over. I contacted the company and complained and the agent sent me the same darn message about it being collected before 5pm that I've already been sent. I felt like they didn't take my complaint seriously or understood why I can't wait around all day anymore. Three days of not being able to run errands, worrying about meetings being interrupted. I offered to change the option to dropping it off, but they refused. So when the email to give feedback arrived, I gave him a bad report. I felt like he didn't take the complaint seriously, and the least they could have done was ensure the driver arrived first thing to collect or give me an ETA. He then emailed me to tell me my feedback wasn't fair and that I should have given more fair feedback as he feels he did their best to help me. His best? By just emailing the same message I'd already received three times? So I complied. I gave him the feedback he actually deserved. His best? How was telling me the same thing I've been told for three days now the best? The best would be to get off his butt, pick up the phone, and send the driver to my address first thing. He could have taken the attitude the driver gave me seriously and apologized for it and for the delay. He didn't. He could have understood that I couldn't put my life on pause for a third day to wait around for a driver and at least gotten an ETA from the driver? Like yeah. I also changed the feedback heading from issue unresolved to agent has a bad attitude. The cheek to tell me to give him a more fair review when my initial one wasn't even unfair was over the top. So he got an even more fair one. I just want my parcel collected and my refund processed so that I can buy another item to replace it. Why a driver had to cause so much drama only he will know. And now an agent made it worse. Said agent hasn't emailed me since. However, within an hour the driver pitched up. Outcome accomplished. Was I being a Karen? Yes. Do I care? No. I'm not unnecessary and will complain when it's warranted. 
But today, I got petty, and yes, his job is at risk, but maybe now he'll understand what actually doing his best really means. I don't really blame anybody in this agent position for going through the motions, just doing the bare minimum for their job. But if you're going to go do the bare minimum in your job, don't go around asking for 5 star reviews. I guess the main problem here is, without any employee feedback, unless it's a 5 out of 5, it's a pretty damning review. You either give them a perfect score, or you're already putting them at risk. Our next story is Railroad Malicious Compliance. For reference, I'm a US Federal Railroad Administration certified conductor and engineer who used to work for a major railroad, union so-and-so, ending my career in 2018. We weren't allowed to strike, so instead of striking, we could and often did utilize the 40,000 plus rules that all contradict each other for some very sweet malicious compliance. Story time, John is a great guy, never calls off, been with the company over 20 years, he knows his job well and often will take the time to train, ha, huh? newer switchmen, brakemen, and conductors. He's very personable and just a general easy guy to talk with. He was also our union rep for a long time until his wife became ill, so he resigned from those duties. One day I heard a manager yelling at him because he was late to a scheduled train during what I would call a pretty major storm. This is the Pacific Northwest, snow, hail, and rain coming down on the very graded terrain. The manager tells him that when he gets to his destination, he's going to personally meet him there to counsel him. I hear John utter the words, you'll be waiting a while. Now, to understand this piece of track, you have to understand that it's very mountainous. At a single point, it drops down to a single line of rail between two major intersections of track. Very busy, but due to the grade, only a single train can do it at once. This area is also very difficult to do maintenance on in good weather, since it requires essentially off-roading mountain roads with steep cliffs in areas that aren't otherwise easily manageable. Nevertheless, during this icy storm, John hops in his scheduled train, train takes off, my engineer walks in from outside, Anne had spoken with John beforehand. They were good friends, like Sunday barbecue with each other's families on the regular friends. He tells me to put my paperwork down, that we aren't going to go anywhere, kick my feet up and enjoy getting paid for nothing all shift. A bit confused, he tells me to watch the line traffic monitor. Sure enough, John knew this choke point, set his train on it, blocking all transfers from most of the west coast, at least the northern portion of the US. Portland, Seattle, and Canada, and stated that due to worsening weather, visibility, and safety that he would not move the train until it was safe to do so. He hit his 12 on duty, then waited another 4 for a ride. I was sent home after 2 hours of waiting, but could monitor it from a phone app and on my laptop. I calculated his pay for all of this, and the deadhead he had back to our station, it was close to a thousand dollar day for him. None of us complained, we get paid regardless of the train status, and he was in fact following the company and the FRA's rules, which are very strict about safety. All I know is, is if a company is going to be giving you a hard time about the work you do, I'm especially not going to bend over backward in what you could classify as unsafe conditions. If you're going to lay into your workers, they're probably not going to be well motivated to keep pushing. That said, our final story of the day is no exchanges, only store credit. I bought some unmentionables at a popular store at the mall a while back. I wore one of them once and the wire poked out on it. So, 
off to the mall I go with my receipt to return it because it's clearly a crappy article of clothing for the price I paid. The sales girl tells me I can only get store credit since it was worn already. I argued it was damaged after one wear, so clearly it was defective. She would not budge. I just wanted my money back, so I devised a plan. So I take the stupid store credit. I head over and grab the same exact item and get in line. I pay for it with my store credit. She bags it and hands me the receipt, and we exchange pleasantries. I turned to leave and then quickly turned back and said, you know, I changed my mind. I want to return this brand new, never worn bra. She turned beet red and begrudgingly processed the item. It's a great story, but I feel like most stores have cracked down on this where if you get something with store credit, they're only going to refund you to store credit. I guess OP said the story took place 25 years ago before they cracked down on that. So while it worked, run for the hills with your money. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome story of compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.